Welcome to Your Lot and Parcel Podcast with your host, Benjamin Diaz, designed strictly for you, the consumer. You will find that this platform has your best interests at heart. This is Benjamin. Thank you for tuning in. Superior Ostrich is the largest sustainable ostrich ranch operation in North America, I want you to know. More than a thousand birds have free range on 350 acres of premium land in central Texas. Why this type of agriculture, often referred as the farm of the future? He'll be discussing that. Ostrich meat is available in various ways and it is consumed in many forms such as in burgers, lunch meat, steaks, and jerky and demand is growing exponentially. Is there a difference between ostrich eggs and chicken eggs? Stay tuned for that. Ostrich hide is the most popular leather in today's global market. Why? These are great rhetorical questions that will now be answered by my guest, the owner and manager of Superior Ostrich Ranch located in Valley Mills, Texas. So without further ado, here he is, Paul Hanicum. We're talking about the ostrich from a commercial standpoint. In fact, it's been often referred to as the farm of the future. And I'm happy to have Paul on the show today to help us to appreciate the diversity of the product. But before we get into our topic, uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the history and how the ostrich came to be found here in North America, Paul. Yep. Um, Well, I'm originally from South Africa, um, so um, where ostrich is from as well. so uh, we started in in 94 we started um with in the ostrich industry and um, before that specifically in, in south africa is i mean uh, probably the only place where it's been a huge commercial success up to now um it's been it was a um, regularized industry only there was only one corporation that was allowed to buy and process ostrich mm-hmm. and then in 94 it was opened um, and then uh, for other people to enter the market as well. And so we started at that stage um, and then uh, started buying ostrich and then processing it. And then we started selling meat to Europe mostly and then uh, skins, uh, process it into leather. And we started selling that to US, um, mm-hmm. mostly to the boot companies, Justin and uh, at that stage, Tony Lama and Justin were still separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to some of the fashion houses in, in Europe. So that's sort of where we started. Um, and then in 2013, um, I moved over to the US and have been involved in the ostrich injury since then over here on this side. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the uh, time when it sort of started more commercially in, in the US as well. Before that, it was more, uh, I don't know, you probably saw online as well, but it was more a, a money-making investment scheme um, that, that collapsed um, mm-hmm. um, because of exorbitant prices people paid for live ostrich. Um, yeah, so that's sort of a little bit of background of me. Um, mm-hmm. Ostrich, I think the first ostrich came to the U.S. about in the 1800s, around 1882, mostly for, oh. for feathers at that stage. I see. Okay. Um, and then, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, then um, 
there was a boom in investment um, for ostrich selling live um, birds and eggs um, probably about two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, some ostrich was then imported into the U.S. and, and uh, sold at huge, huge prices, $30,000, $40,000 a breeder, mm. um, which wasn't sustainable. So then the whole market collapsed. And then uh, slowly we started again, and we're trying to do it now more on a commercial basis where there is a market for the meat, leather. Um, we don't deal too much in feathers, but um, leather mm. and eggs and ostrich oil. So that's uh, where we are at the moment. There you go. Very good. Well, that's commendable. I, uh, um, so let's uh, let's get to know the bird a little bit here. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, was, of course, I've seen them in, on TV and in and, and, and different other places. But what are the characteristics yeah. of a bird, uh, Paul? Yeah, a bird, they range in size. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. um, they, in the U.S. predominantly, there's like three different species, if you want to call it that, in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. There's the African black, which is the traditional South African bird. Mm. Um, also the red wing, um, sorry, red neck. Um, and then also the blue, which is more um, mostly from Zimbabwe area. Mm. Um, and they, they range in size anything from seven feet to nine feet. And then in weight, anything from about 140 to 320, with the black being the smaller one, and then the red being the larger one. Um, in in the US, you'll find uh, there hasn't been any birds imported for quite a while. Um, so mm-hmm. all the birds that you have in the US now is mostly bred in the US. So on most farms, you'll see a very much a mix between red blue and black it's very seldom that you'll see one specific species i say so th- these are uh, species you raise those on the ranch uh, paul or, yeah. yeah we we have um like a, a mix mostly as well and mm-hmm. i would say that the we we have predominantly red um ostrich ah, on the okay. farm they a little bit more aggressive than the african african black Yes. Um, but it's also a larger bird, so from a meat point of view, it gives you a bigger uh, meat yield. Um, the skin isn't as as uh, valuable um, as the African black, mm-hmm. but at the moment, the meat market in the U.S. is a little bit better than the, than the leather market. Mm-hmm. Very good. What's the size of your flock there? And uh, so you're on right outside of Waco, Texas. Yeah, like it's it's close to a little town called Valley Mills. Uh-huh. So. Um, about uh, 40 minutes or so from from Waco yeah and uh, we have breeders roughly about 500 breeders on the farm um, mm. at the moment and then uh, next year there'll be a few more coming on online there you go um, yeah and uh, mostly like I said I'm red and we mo- um, breed them mostly just for the meat mm-hmm. um, very, very good uh, what is uh, what kind of a diet uh, do they um, of course, they're not indigenous to North America, but what kind of a diet uh, do they do you, um, provide there for them? Paul? Yeah, but it's most of us, um, we provide them with a mix of, uh, try and keep a protein of about 20% in the mix. And it's mostly a mix of, of uh, alfalfa pellets huh? and then also some soy meal um, in it and then other vitamins and, and uh, that we put in there as well. Um, in in mm-hmm. South Africa, they do it a little bit different. We feed them a bee out of a bag. Mm-hmm. And in South Africa, they mostly are pasteurized. So they just walk around on the grass. Um, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Very good. So how, how many pounds would you say they eat on, on a daily basis just for me to, 
for me to understand that. A breeder, uh, yeah. roughly about five pounds a day. Five so pounds a day. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. It's not too bad. I mean, that's, yeah. that brings yeah. us back to maybe a point that's quite um, interesting, um, like between ostriches and, and cows. Um, yes. Ostrich um, have used less, much less feed than cows, so they have a faster um, and higher meat yield than a cow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sustainable product. We also we also need far less meat. Uh, less land than other meats Um, so it's it's a very sustainable product and a very environment friendly product Um, that's why we believe it's a a product for a future Um, also ostrich don't produce any methane gas uh, like like cows um, and and also uh, they use very very little water yes yes Um, very good i know they're um, in the wild they'll eat different little Critters, you know, I, I guess they're, they're they are an omnivore. They are an omnivore, mostly plant, but they are omnivore. Yes, absolutely. What's what will be the average size of the litter, Paul? Um, average size, we we I mean, what we do is we we raise them, um, we we breed them, and then we we actually pick up the eggs twice a day. Uh-huh. Um, so they don't naturally they don't they don't um, sit on the eggs and breed the eggs out themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I could tell you a little bit about the process that we have on the farm, sure. Um, they'll they'll have a, the breeding season. We run from February. It starts normally sort of end of January to February, and it runs through to about September. Um, so it just uh, finished about a month or so ago, mm-hmm. and. So we'll pick up eggs twice a day um, in the camps. Um, and then what we do is we put the eggs, uh, we pick up, we clean them, and we put them in, a, in an area where we control the temperature and that they don't start the incubation process. And then uh, we, we keep them there for, for 40, up to 14 days. And every 14 days, we put a batch um, into an incubator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it stays in the incubator for roughly about 30, well, not roughly, 38 days. Mm-hmm. And we keep it at a constant humidity and temperature um, for the incubation process. Um, we have uh, incubate, three incubators on the farm with a total capacity of uh, 1,440 eggs. Mm. And then uh, on day 38, we put the eggs into a hatcher. Um, and then they stay in the hatcher from day 38 to 42. And then during those um, days, they, they, they hatch. They started day 38, day 42 would be the last day. Um, if they haven't um, hatched by day 42, we, we put a small crack in the egg just to help them um, come out. Mm. And um, from there, they're going to a brooder um, for a few hours um, mm-hmm. just to dry out a little bit, and then we put them into what we call a little chick hotel that they um, then go into after they um, out of the hatching process. And um, at the moment, anything uh, from a, a commercial, we, we're looking at between eight and 10 um, surviving chicks per breeder I per see. year. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, when I, of course, the, the ostrich is poultry. And yeah. what I visualize right now is a hen house. And I, I can't visualize you having a hen house for, <laughs> for, for ostrich. So tell me about that, Paul. I mean, how do you how do you handle that? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not quite a hen house. Um yeah. we 
The, the, the ranch in, uh, in Waco is about 360 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have them, normally we keep them together as three female um, breeders and one male. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some camps where we have four in a camp, so three females, one male. Yeah. And then we have some larger camps where we um, run colonies, and colonies can be up to about 50. But again, they're between three females and one male on, on average. Oh, um, yeah, so definitely, <laughs> definitely not in a house. No, that's a, exactly. You've been talking about the eggs there. The, yeah. the ostrich egg, uh, would you say that's a healthier alternative to chicken eggs? What would you say to that? Yeah, it's 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 from a healthier point of view. It's, it's not real. I mean, it's very similar to chicken in both okay. um, in protein content. Um, so it it's just larger. Um, so mm. it, it's not healthier than chicken. It's it's the same same as chicken. You can get about twenty five eggs um, chicken eggs in in one ostrich egg. Um, mm. Oh wow! Okay. Yep. Goodness gracious, that, that can that can probably, uh, yeah, maybe uh, 14, 15 can have breakfast on one egg, I guess. Or Absolutely. Something. Yeah. I think we have, we have done it yet, Maya, so I would know. <laughs> well, that's great. We are having an educational chat with the owner and manager of the largest ostrich ranch in North America, known as the Superior Ostrich Ranch located in Central Texas, and he's making it known to us all the health benefit as well as other available commercial byproducts. Let's get back with him, Paul Hanicum. Speaking of eggs, too, I understand they're, they're highly desirable by artists. Uh, can you tell us how so? Yeah, um, well, artists use uh, the eggs, they, they carve the eggs, um, yeah. and then also um, paint and decoupage on the eggs, and then they sold those as ornamental pieces for, for a um, house, or otherwise, mm-hmm. a lot of people actually also make um, like lamps for, for light fittings out of it. Okay. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff, yep. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, what's the lifespan of an ostrich under controlled uh, environment like what you have there? Yeah, lifespan. Well, they can they can get up to sixty, seventy years old. Is that right? But um, from a breeding point of view, um, mm. we from about fifteen years we see a downturn in in breeding. So from fifteen to twenty years, um, it becomes a little bit. Um, the, you can definitely see a decline in, in egg production. There you go. Very good. And I can hear my listenership asking me, you know, uh, proud of me in the, in the ribs here to ask you, do they really, do they really bury their head in the sand, Paul? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a myth. <laughs> they, they know they don't bury their head in the sand. What they, they, what they definitely do is they, when they scared or um, cornered, they might put their, their neck down mm-hmm. in front of them Um and then because they are uh, from normally from sandy areas and their yeah. neck is more or less the same color as the sand, uh, um, it might look from a distance that they, that they put their hand in the sand. Gotcha. But no, they, they don't really yeah. do that. 
I mean, if, if they're nine feet tall, I mean, my gosh, you know. <laughs> oh, well, that's, 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 that's good to know, Paul. Um, I uh, want to ask, you know, it's considered red meat. It is poultry. Yeah. It is red meat. And, the, you know, when I think about beef, uh, uh, Paul, I think about you know like tri tips. I like well, I, I love brisket. You know the yeah. brisket, although well, it's cooked. But uh, how does it compare with the, the ostrich? Yeah, like you say, it's definitely it's a red meat. Um, it gets its color from myoglobin, which is a protein in the muscle. Um, mm-hmm. It turns red when it's exposed to oxygen. Um, oh, so same okay. as as beef. Um, Unlike beef, which which you know you like brisket, so you know about the intramuscular fat in brisket. Um, so um, beef have a lot of marbling. A fat in ostrich, they don't, they don't really have marbling, so they carry all their fat on the outside of the meat. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very easy when you when you actually process the meat to cut the fat off, and the meat is very very lean. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a nutrition point of view, if you take ostrich versus poultry versus beef. Um, like a three and a half ounce portion of ostrich meat, you'll have about two to three grams of um, total fat, which is very, very low. Um, and with the leanest cut of beef, beef, you would have about four to five grams of total fat. Um, mm-hmm. And the iron content is more or less the same for, for both. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you can compare the meat very much to poultry. Um, mm-hmm chicken or turkey from a health um, point of view, but, but sure. definitely from a taste point of view, it tastes very similar to grass-fed beef. Um, okay. not, um, a little bit of a wilder taste than, than a grain-fed beef, but it's very mm-hmm. close to grass-fed beef. And, and you would prepare it very much like you prepare a lean cut of meat mm-hmm. as well. Um, definitely don't overcook it. Um, so unlike um, poultry, you can actually cook and serve ostrich like you do a filet um, so you, you serve it medium rare mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah beautiful piece of meat very like. healthy uh, mm-hmm. very tasty um, and uh, I think it's a it's definitely a meat meat for the future especially with the sustainability of the product exactly I mean everyone is concerned about health yep. you know and uh, lean meat that's, that's the way to go I was yeah. talking to someone uh, not too long ago, they described it as very much like buffalo meat. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, very much yeah. like, and I, and I like buffalo. I've never had ostrich, but you know what? I well, looked here in town. Time to get it. Yeah, I looked here in town. There there are a couple of places, and I, I promise you I will yeah. uh, get and, and check it out because I, 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 it sounds like it's uh, it can go well with my uh, my uh, diet. You know, as I indicated, I like brisket, different parts of the beef. But what, yeah. what would you say is the preferred uh, part of the of the bird that people desire the most? What would you say to yeah. that? Yeah, we have um, different cuts. The, the fan fillet is a big, like triangular piece of meat, um, yeah. very similar to a, to a beef fillet, very tender. Um, and then we have a part called the tenderloin, um, mm-hmm. very similar to beef tenderloins so that can mm-hmm. be cut into medallions. Um, and then we have also a cut called a strip loin, mm-hmm. which is very similar to a New York strip. There you go. Um, and then uh, obviously uh, ground ostrich is also very, very popular. Um, and it's it's extremely similar to taste of, of ground beef. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally can't really distinguish between ground beef and, exactly. and uh, ostrich if I make mm-hmm. a, a burger patty. 
and uh, personally i also like neck ostrich neck um is a mm. product that not a lot of people actually know um but i don't know if you ever had a oxtail stew um never have never have oh uh, you can you can um substitute oxtail for ostrich neck um very very go. similar in taste um and yeah love it love it in the stew <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's great uh, paul um I, I, I will be trying them. You, you got me salivating over here, Paul. <laughs> um, so let me ask you. I know it's there's a diverse use for the for the bird. Uh, yeah. Can you can you touch on the wholesale marketing of uh, ostrich hide? What can you tell us on that? Yeah, the the hide market. Um, like I mentioned to you before, we we got into the hide market from South when I was still in South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the wholesale market for hide a little bit depressed at the moment. Um, there's a there's a lot of product on the on on the market, um, and with COVID last year, yes. the luxury market um, took a bit of a dive. So um, mm-hmm. the the wholesale market for the meat is a, is uh, for the leather um, is a little bit down, um, mm-hmm. un- unlike. Uh, meat in the U.S. We're not allowed to import um, ostrich meat from any other country, so it has to be produced in the U.S. Um, the the leather obviously can be imported from other countries as well. So there's a lot more leather on the market in the U.S. than meat. Um, yeah. So we we as a company concentrate our, our products mostly on the meat and then also on the oil and eggs. Um, very good very good um i understand pharmaceuticals are, are now using uh, ostrich oil and, and, and how so how are they yeah. using it now yeah the big thing about ostrich um is the small molecule of the ostrich it, it makes it an incredibly good product to use as a carrier for for other um products so it's a the Transdermal penetration of ostrich oil is very, very, it's very, very effective as a carrier. Um, it also have healthy fatty acids. Um, so these include omega three, uh, six, and nine. Um, mm. So when ostriches eat plants and seeds, their bodies confirm the convert the vegetable fat into animal fat, which is then rich in these fatty acids. It's also a source of um, antioxidants. Mm. Um, and uh, ostrich oil is also um, anti-inflammatory, so it's very good to soothe the skin and your muscles. Actually, a friend of mine, um, we went on holiday about two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I always carry some ostrich oil with me, my, for my, actually for my cracked feet, very good for feet. Mm. Um, and uh, he had uh, quite a bad sunburn, and uh, we suggested that he put some ostrich oil on his kind of very Irish skin, so very easily um, burnt. Yeah. So um, put some ostrich oil on him, and uh, the next day his burn was completely gone. Um, mm. And uh, also he didn't peel. So I sold one person on the <laughs> on ostrich oil. So it's it's a um, also. It's anti-inflammatory, so it, it can help with arthritis, rheumatism, and um, multiple sclerosis. Um, and uh, yeah, it, and it's hypoallergenic, so you can't get any allergic reactions from ostrich. 
mm-hmm. um, and that um, and it doesn't clog your pores, so you can't get a breakout of pimples and acne. So it, it's a highly desirable product in the pharmaceutical um, industry, and, and not a lot of people know about it yet. But um, yeah, there are certain companies that certainly started to use it um, with, mm. with very high effect. Well, that's interesting. I uh, I didn't know. I, I did not know that the pharmaceuticals are really involved with that. Uh, yeah. You know, I stop and think about the lifespan out in the wild uh, in Africa mm. for the uh, ostrich. I would say the mortality rate has exponentially been improved here, right? Under these controls? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you look at the the wild, um, Mm -hmm. normally ostrich will will have about two offspring a year um, Mm. in the wild. So with us controlling the whole process and and taking eggs away from them as they uh, lay them, um we are able to increase that to eight and ten and on some farms um actually up to 15 um surviving chicks a, a year mm. so um yeah mortality rate is certainly improved absolutely absolutely you know you talked about cows i know cows you you know you got wranglers on a horse you know they yeah. round them up is that what you do also with ostrich or how do you do that uh, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> ostrich is is a funny animal. So yeah, if we yeah. if you want to move them from from pen to pen, um, the oh. easiest way to do it is actually you you uh, grab them at the neck and then you put a sock over its head. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> once they have a sock over their head, they they tend to go wherever you lead them without too much problem. Exactly. Uh, if you if you don't do that, then uh, they quite a quite a dangerous animal. They attach yeah. you with their with their legs, and they can um, I mean they can kill you yeah, if um, if they with that claws of theirs. So, but mm-hmm. but uh, the secret is just get try and get the sock over their head as quick as you can, mm-hmm. and then they they come. They just walk wherever you want them to. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I I did not know that. I know that um, if they are uh, raised uh, around humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> they tend to yeah. even get enamored with humans. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's. Um, <laughs> I would say that's mostly true of the African black ostrich, the one in oh. South Africa. They they're a lot tamer than the ones that we have over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they certainly do. I mean, they get used to the people that, that come yes. in and out of their camps every day, um, and they get used to the vehicles. Um, yeah. They uh, get a little bit stressed if if different people come to the camp that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so as long as you keep um, everything the same every day, they, they, they tend to stay a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's interesting. So let me ask you, where is this product readily to be found, uh, the, the red meat? Uh, can, can you tell us uh, that? Where, where can we find a, uh, yeah. the meat? Yeah, it's in the U.S. It's still very much a niche product. So um, huh. there's some boutique stores that carry it. Um, we sell directly to some restaurants, um, okay. also to uh, a chain of uh, burger um Okay. Takeaway burger places in New York, and then um, online as well. Um, I yeah. would say majority of sales at the moment is, mm-hmm. is online. Well, that's great. I, I know Trader Joe's here in town is carrying it. Mm-hmm. 
you yep. know, places like that. Uh, so that's great. Uh, that's really great. Uh, how can uh, how can my audience uh, learn and reach out to you and learn more about this product, Paul? Yeah. Um, if they want more information on the farm itself, um, mm-hmm. the website is superiorostrich.com. And then uh, we have we sell our meat under a brand called Austri Farms. Mm-hmm. So it's O-S-T-R-I and then Farms, F-A-R-M-S. Um, and then the website for that is austrifarms.com. Um, mm-hmm. So all the products are on there. And then uh, there's an online store as well if anyone is interested to buy some meat. Yeah, very good. I know you the ranch, uh, your operation there is the largest in North America, sustaining uh, ranch, uh, ostrich ranch, and that's commendable. I, I congratulate you for that, uh, Paul. And uh, I think you're doing the fine work, especially, you know, when when we're talking about people's or individuals' health. Um, yeah. People are concerned about that today more than ever in history, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I think this is a great choice. It really yeah. is. So, Paul, I want to thank you for being on your lot and parcel. You were great uh, and very gracious to be with us today. And I wish you the best, Paul. Thanks, Benjamin. Thank you. Nice chatting to you. Hey, listeners, if you have a recommendation for a show or you have a question or a comment or just want to say hello, drop me a note at yourlotandparcel.org. And now, if you would excuse me. This program has been produced by Isaac Diaz with music by Echo Foxtown. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit the website yourlotandparcel.com. 